Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Matt and Brittany Tedder of Walsh, Colorado. Matt and Brittany are entrepreneurs at heart with their hand in so many things, from ag technologies, seed sales, a trucking business, a construction and design business, to even a catering business where they have their own signature barbecue sauce. On the podcast today, they're talking about how they work together as a team and diversify themselves through different seasons, how they're raising up their kids as entrepreneurs and teaching them to love to dream, and what it's like to live in a very remote area and make it all work. And do you remember Letty McKinney from a few episodes back? Well, Matt is actually Letty's brother, and you'll get to hear more about that in this interview. So here we go with Matt and Brittany Tutter. We're here today with Matt and Brittany Tedder of Tedder Ag Technologies in Walsh, Colorado. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yeah. Tell us about you. Is this your hometown? This is not my hometown. <laughs> I'm actually from uh, Manor, Kansas, originally is where I grew up. 24 miles away. Okay. So, yeah. Um, across the, the state line. So yeah. we're extreme southeastern Colorado, almost Kansas, almost Oklahoma. Yeah. So it's basically his backyard, but it's my hometown. Perfect. <laughs> so. so how'd y'all meet? Well, actually the house we're living in is uh, where she grew up. And in high school, we remodeled it. I was working for a contractor. So we came over here and I'm scoping her out on the job. Yeah, I was in like eighth grade and I was <laughs> not interested in boys whatsoever, but... He noticed me, started MSN messengering my little brother, and a few years later we started That was dating, before text so. messaging, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the rest is history. Yep. That's great. Tell us about the path that led you to Tedder Egg Technologies. Well, actually, uh, I was always into mechanics, so I went to a uh, trade school and then uh, graduated from there and got a diesel mechanics job over in Kansas. And it just kind of evolved from there. Kind of fell in love with uh, electronics, just new technology. And it's, what, back in 2001, I guess, is when I started. Um, and then... Or, uh, or 02, something like that, yeah. so 20 years ago. Yeah, so we left the company that I worked for over there and just kind of started our own thing on the side and farmed also. And He farmed with my dad and grandpa and then... His side hustle started keeping you very busy, and so yeah, he kind of wanted, have always, you've always wanted to be your own boss, and been our own uh, self-employed mm-hmm. since twenty-three, twenty-three and twenty-one. Well, we, yeah, it wasn't full time yet, but okay, yeah. Yeah. that's amazing. So is it something you had wanted to do or was it something where you saw a need and you're like, I think we have a great opportunity here? Well, I think the goal for anybody is wanting to be their own boss. You know, it's nice not punching in every day. I mean, working for somebody else, but it's also not all easy either. I mean, working for yourself, you have one of the hardest bosses that you can ever have, you know, because you're always driven to want to do more and it's... You know, it's easy to just clock in every day and 
get your check on Friday and go home and not have to worry about things. So in a way, there's more stress to it. But I wouldn't go back. It's It's been good. Well, and as far as the technology part of it, you saw a future in it. You knew that there was going to be yeah, yeah. something different and that, yeah, you saw the opportunity. Wow. Technology has changed so much since you started. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So how how do you keep up with it? How have you seen it? Maybe what's the biggest thing you've noticed change over the years? Well, the biggest thing is you just can't, you can't be afraid of anything. You know, new technology comes out. If you're afraid to work on it, then you all of a sudden you're on the backside of the curve. So catching up is just that much harder. You know, if you can continue to grow with it as it as new technology comes out, if you can grow with it, it's pretty easy to keep up. Yeah. So you guys do this together and yep. you make a great team. I am not techie whatsoever. So as far as that <laughs> stuff goes, no. But yeah, I do the the book work and try to keep them organized. Yeah. Was it always your plan to work together or is it just kind of fall into oh, place? Yeah. yeah, it's always been our plan. We make a pretty good team. Yeah. That's great. Tell us about the different services you provide through Tether Egg Technologies. So we started out, the main company that we deal with is Trimble, and they do, I guess the best way you could explain it is agriculture automation. So we control planters, drive, drive tractors, drive combines. We have all the technology to do that. And then that kind of rolled into, uh, I was looking for something else for the planners. So we started selling precision planning, which does, they do a whole, whole bunch of different things too, but it's, it's basically technology trying to make farmers more productive and more accurate with, with what they're, you know, what they're trying to achieve that rolled into other things yeah. like so selling, many other things selling planters selling planters lighting. through mm-hmm. monosim we've done some variable rate irrigation what else do we do you already mentioned the seed but seed we sell seed for channel and nc plus construction it's amazing yeah, i mean there's there's so many things i know i'm missing missing quite a few things but yeah but basically our bread and butter has been technology something we always kind of fall back on Mm -hmm. yeah it's becoming more and more important for farmers and ranchers because it's so integrated into their operations now i feel like absolutely this is not your only business you guys you are definitely entrepreneurs at heart. Yeah, so. we have probably too many things going on. A lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. Tell us about some of these other side projects. And I don't even know that they're side projects, but we'll call them that for now, <laughs> that you're involved in. So in Matt's free time that he doesn't really have, but yeah. um, one of his hobbies is smoking, I guess. Is that what you would Catering. call it? Catering. But well, me and a uh, couple friends started it. Five, six years ago. 2015. And just kind of did it as a something you could just get together and have fun, you know, and we, we all enjoy cooking. Make and any, some ribs uh, for the neighbors. 
stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it eventually turned into a part-time hobby that pays the bills, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys made enough money to buy the old fuel fueling station. Okay. And so maybe someday we can turn that into something cool. Like a restaurant or just operate your business out of there? You don't know yet? Operate the business probably. Yeah. Not, not restaurant. Restaurants That's not, are way too yeah. much work. <laughs> you have to work pretty hard. and But yeah. Very cool. And you also make your own barbecue sauce. Yep. Yeah, we kind of got together one winter and said, well, we can't be a catering gig if we don't have our own barbecue sauce. So we started started working on it and was trying to keep it simple. And by the time it was done, it was the full page of ingredients. <laughs> it's pretty complicating now, but, but we make it in 18-gallon uh, batches at a time. Wow. So it's... It's fun. Very cool. Okay, so you also have a trucking business. Yeah, we started. So my biggest problem with the technology side was just finding somebody that, you know, employees that could do all the service calls and, you know, the requirements there. And in this small area, we were just having a hard time finding employees. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, we can do this trucking deal and it's going to be easy to find drivers and you know the whole country is in a shortage of drivers right now yeah. so we, with fuel prices and fuel yeah, prices and everything goodness. just went crazy but we have three semis that are ready to run and they're just sitting there because we can't find drivers for them wow which during harvest we can keep them busy sure yeah yep so yeah it's just this whole area is just really short on laborers you know, most of the good good people already taken or working for other other guys and small enough area. Nobody wants to move in here. You know, there's not a whole lot to offer them because we're like 90 miles to the closest Walmart. Yeah. So one way, no traffic. <laughs> but I'm just gonna put it out there. Anybody who's looking for a great rural life and wants to come truck, here's your Absolutely. opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or do anything else. If you have ADD, you can come to work for us. <laughs> yeah, if you get bored doing one thing, it'll be different in the hour probably. Yeah. So. Yeah, you might be working on a. There's no autopilot. And then doing sheetrock by the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Never a dull moment. That sounds pretty good to me. Matt, you mentioned. I mean, you are in a remote area, so you have your pilot's license. I'm yeah. sure that's been a big help to you. Yeah, it's uh, something I've wanted to do my whole life, even as a child. We have a lot of pilots in the yeah, family. It's in their blood. But we had kind of a kind of a slow summer. Wasn't really selling anything, and I just I told Brittany, I was like, I think it's time. So I dedicated a whole summer and just flew about every day. Wow. So I got it done in less than a year, I guess. But Yeah, it was within a few months. But, I mean, wow. you did... It was full throttle, and it you got it all done, and you're a pilot before you're 30 years old. Decided that you wanted to, I don't know, just one of your hobbies you've always wanted to do. And he's, I, I can't even say you're all or nothing. That's me more. <laughs> but you're like, anything he puts, sets his mind to, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it quickly and and efficiently. And it's going to be quality whatever he does so I don't know. well it's been nice we have before COVID hit obviously we had a lot of trainings all over the U.S. 
So everybody else was having to leave a day before me to go hop on a jet and fly to Dallas and then back to Chicago. And, and I could just leave that day and be in Chicago and we're three hours, hours one way from a commercial airport. So and then, you know, to pay for parking and yeah. whatever. It's it's really nice. It's got to help with your business, too, because you cover a pretty big radius, right? Well, you would think that, but it's, uh, you know, whenever I'm driving to work on something, I need all my tools. <laughs> That's my, a good point. I need my yeah. pickup. So. But you have done things. For your if business. I could just... Picked up some, some tools and helped some customers out to pick up things if you're ever in an area. So that has happened. And it helps us being... Um, my mom lives six hours away and so Christmas or whatever I mean it comes in handy that way we yeah. fly down there except our family's gotten too big for our plane with all of our <laughs> luggage we we need to upgrade but <laughs> one day keep trying to talk Brady into a helicopter if I could put all the right. tools in the back of the helicopter I could just land on the field yeah goals <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's gonna do it I have faith in you too <laughs> to make that happen <laughs> So another business that you have, and I want to just set the framework for all of this, is a construction business. Yeah, that's, I told you that's how I met Brittany. Yeah. We were, I was working for a contractor over in Kansas and we were working over here on her house. So that's kind of where I picked it all up. And over the years, you know, it's just been kind of hard to, in this area, you have to do a lot of different things to make a living. Mm-hmm. So whenever the autopilot or GPS business is slow, then there's always something else going on. And that's why we kind of started doing construction and we just kind of ran with it. And Brittany's a very good designer. You know, she tells me what to do and I drive the nails where she tells me, basically. <laughs> but, Matt doesn't give himself <clears throat> enough credit. He's very creative too. Yeah. He, but yeah, we, I'm kind of bossy. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about the design side of the business? Everything. Yeah, I think yeah, just starting with nothing or the restoration part of it is probably my favorite. Actually, starting with seeing the potential in something that nobody else can see, and um, I love that part. Yeah, seeing it all come together. Yeah. So, do you work mostly on historic homes and buildings? That's everything in Walsh yeah, is historic. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's, <laughs> okay, there's nothing that's new fair. in this area. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. Yeah. The, the old and making it new and seeing the character and the stories and everything. And, mm -hmm. um, so we live, I say my hometown's Walsh, but we live in this tiny town that's Southeast of here. It's unincorporated, but, um, it was founded in 1887 and then, well, old Stonington. So it's named after a Stony Brook. And as you can tell we don't have a whole lot of water here so I don't know where that brook went it must have dried up and they moved <laughs> north but anyway that's where I grew up and then the home how we met um, I later we bought from my parents that's where we're raising our family but it's over 100 years old and there's a really cool church there that was built in 1917 and that's just yeah that's my passion and I think it's because I grew up um in a construction zone mm -hmm. is part of it, which I gave my parents a hard time about. But now that we're parents and have four kids, and man, a decade flies by in no time. So, giving my parents some grace now, everything you kind of, yeah, 
little so. different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty easy to start a new project, but it's really hard to finish. So that's what that seems to that's be why our problem. About three quarters of the way we, down. Yeah, we get things <laughs> functional, and it looks so much better that we're like, all right, it's fine. We're good. We can move on to the we next. We can thing. breathe a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then we find something else, and then we find something else. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's so important in small towns because we do have these beautiful historic places. Yeah. And so it's great to be able to give them new life. Yeah. yeah. You guys have done a great job of diversifying yourselves so that you can kind of ebb and flow with the different seasons. And how has that been a great asset to you in a small town? Well, it's uh, farming. My job especially is so seasonal. So you'll have these busy seasons. Like right now we're getting ready for planting season. And this is kind of my busy season of all year long you know just getting ready for the for the seed going in the ground we all we also sell seed on top of that but uh after the corn goes in the ground or milo or whatever you know we're just kind of sitting around waiting for harvest time because we don't have we don't have any farm ground we don't do any uh irrigation or anything we just support the farmers so there's always really busy times then you're just kind of waiting for the next busy time Mm -hmm. so filling it in with a trucking business or catering or construction or whatever else it may be is just kind of common sense for us you know instead of sitting on the couch and eating cheetos all day it it makes sense to (laughs) to go actually do something Something tells me you guys don't sit on the couch and eat Cheetos <laughs> ever. That is uh, one of our goals in life. Yeah, someday, <laughs> right? Up and have bonbons. Yes. Someday. Mm-hmm. What have been? I mean, you've done a lot of different things. So you've had a lot of different experiences as business owners. What have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned that might be good for our listeners to hear? Just be a team. You know, uh, I have my strong points, and then. Uh, Brittany has her strong points, and if you can bring them together as a team, mm-hmm. then it things just flow a lot easier. You know, she does she does all the office work, most of the desk work, and which uh, frees me up to go do stuff I need to do outside or in the shop. So just being a good team, I think, is the main thing. Making sure your customers feel appreciated. Yes. You know, answering their calls or getting them called back right away is kind of a necessity right which is also kind of hard in a small town because um and with cell phones you're always available in a way you're open 24 7 yeah they can call at 11 30 at night or five in the morning or it's just i mean there needs to be a good balance also you need to have some boundaries set up and um and especially if you have a family, Absolutely. you know it. I mean, and there's seasons that you've you've got to get up super early and stay out super late. And harvest time, for mm-hmm. sure. Everybody knows about that. But And that's hard. And if they can't get a hold of you, they know they can call your grandpa or your father-in-law. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, everybody has everybody's number. They so. have a way to get to yep. you. <laughs> How do you – it is kind of a family affair for you, yeah. you though right you're all involved in all the things and doing it together yeah and our kids were raising little entrepreneurs I think yeah they're so creative and they love dreaming we we've always loved dreaming I since I was little I would I draw um things and 
talk about like blueprints and weird stuff like that I was I don't know or if I couldn't go to somebody's house I'm like I was always fascinated with home I still am but um hey so I I haven't been to your house so what does it look like and they sketch out this little thing I'm like okay and I don't know um and a couple of our daughters are very much that way and one dreams all the time about this restaurant she's gonna have one day and all the things it's going to have and our son He's 16 now. He's not little anymore, but he sure, he's following in his father's footsteps. There's nothing he's not afraid to try and just annoyingly good at, Matt, I tease him. He's annoyingly good at everything, but he really is. He's, (laughs) he just. We have a list of a few things that need some improvement. Yeah, we've discovered his kryptonite for now, but I'm sure that he'll he'll figure it out. (laughs) It's tinting windows in case anybody's wondering, but. Um, yeah, which the irony in that is that his mom and dad used to do that for their side hustle, <laughs> so they didn't pass that on to him, but um, maybe one day he'll he'll get it nailed, I don't know. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. that's good. So I love that they're not afraid to try anything. And then his little sisters, too, they just, to get behind an 18-wheeler or whatever, they just, yeah, fearless. That's awesome. Yeah. You're, and so you're raising your kids the same way. That's really great. What adversities have you guys faced as a team and business owners? What are some of the hardest things you've had to overcome? We had a fire in March of 2014. Um, we it hadn't been that long since Matt was doing... Um, Tetrarag completely full-time, which he stressed out about a lot. At the time, we had three extra mouths to feed. Um, Our youngest wasn't born yet, but uh, so it was a lot of sleepless nights for him, and I was, you know, raising three babies, so I don't think he, he didn't share a whole lot about how much he worried about going out completely on his own but um he was doing really well and we had a a big round top on the place a Quonset type thing that um was his shop we had just added an office um in November and had that all finished up he um does precision planting where he runs um meters uh so on a planner there's these inside of the planner box there's a i'm gonna botch this but um it just counts the seed output right basically but it runs it's it's a meter that fits in on each row unit so all the corn or crops that are planted are metered through this device and you have to run them every year to make sure that they're calibrated correctly so we bring a bunch of planners in and just have rows laying everywhere. You know, all these people pay us to go through them and just repair what's broken or needing replaced. Yeah. So, um, March it's, it's busy. It's planning season. We have a lot of customers, um, property. Um, we have, he does the ag GPS stuff. So a lot of high dollar stock, um, 
and we had a welding fire that came in on a windy day, uh, funneled through the round top and just took the whole thing. How long was it? 150 feet? How big yeah, is the I think building? so. 150. And 10 minutes, probably. So mm-hmm. um, it is a miracle. Nobody was hurt. Our home, when I was in town, I'd taken the girls to dance class. And um, I get there, you can't see the house. It's just engulfed in smoke. And it's also a miracle that it didn't just keep going and take the countryside. But um, complete loss. And that was really hard. Um, took us, I mean, we just felt defeated. Mm-hmm. It was, it was hard. Um, and at that time we did have our four kiddos. Um, so kind of felt like we were getting back on our feet. Um, and you'd sold, Matt also sells Monison planners. And you had just sold a planner prior to this. And had it not been for that, we would have been in a lot of trouble financially. Um, Wow. Well, we just woke up the next morning and I got online and just ordered all the parts in. Because there was, at the time, there were, I don't know, 15 or 20 farmers that could not have planted, you know, because all their product was in there and it was all lost. So I got online and just started ordering stuff in and somehow it worked out. Just went to work as soon as the parts came in and just started putting them all on. Well, it was a just God working. thing. It's, there's no, it didn't just, it, yeah, it was. And luckily we did it debt free, you know, by the time we got everything on and I mean, it's like we had to start over and build a whole new right. business. We wow. had, we had a little bit of a nest egg where little cushy, a little bit, you know, uh-huh. um, it'd been a lot like from 2010 to 2014. It was, so you'd been working hard. You'd been, um, but kind of felt like you're getting your head above water and then that happened. So that was hard, but yeah, that's one thing Matt, um, has always been adamant about. And I, we were young when we got married, 18 and, and 20, we were high school sweethearts, and I graduated high school in May. We got married in July. I started college in, in August, and he's been working hard ever since he graduated. And uh, But he would ride the tractor and listen to Dave Ramsey, and uh, <laughs> I didn't really have a concept of money growing up. I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I just to be honest, but um, and I don't know that you had phenomenal examples of what to do either. But you, we just decided we weren't going. We we're gonna have one credit card. We were gonna pay it off every month. We were gonna pay off our houses as quickly as possible. And so that was one thing he said that we were able to cash flow it. And we just didn't. We've never lived above our means. And we, um, I mean, by the grace of God, we were able to survive that. And then. Later, we bought um, our place in town. It's a old cafe that um, has a mural on the wall that was painted in 1959. That's one of our town's pride and joys. So that's neat that we could restore that. And it's our home away from home. We're busy chasing kids all the time. And <laughs> so we live here. We sleep at home. But <laughs> um, And we bought that, I don't know. 
about a, a year, couple, about a couple years year after later. the fire went up. But I mean, he really he didn't have a shop to work in anymore, and he's sure. working on these huge planters and and tractors and combines, and you had to roll around in the dirt and be out in the elements. And um, but we finally we built the lot behind um, our office space, and he's put up a shop. And it's, I mean, it's been a long process. I think you broke ground in 2018. And it's not done. one of my little sisters driving semi in here hauling loads of dirt. Oh, yeah. And what else? 60 loads of dirt. The ground compactor, too. And, man, she made me look good because everybody around town's like, oh, we saw you running that. Brittany was running that big big semi. And I'm like, oh, that was not me. <laughs> Shout out to Lenny. <laughs> no, not that was Annie. Annie. <laughs> Annie. Go Annie. Yeah. But. <laughs> Actually, Letty, Letty does come over at harvest time and runs semis for yeah. us. She has. Letty, so Annie, both Annie, of yeah. them. What do you love about your small town and small town life? I love raising a family here. Mm-hmm. And any time that we leave and go to the city, I'm always glad to be back here yeah all the people and all the hustle and bustle is not my cup of tea but um there's some hard stuff for sure yeah yeah but. just the lack of restaurants and stuff like that is oh yeah we're big you know, we're we, big foodies we like to eat <laughs> we, we yeah we love it we love a good home-cooked meal too but we do yeah. that a lot so when we're we're out of town we like to eat eat out and um I mean, having those modern amenities is awesome, but we haven't ever lived the other way, so yeah. we don't know any different, really. Yeah. So, I mean, we do, but we don't. We we like the slow pace. Mm-hmm. It's not even that slow, though. I mean, we have four kids. We are constantly. I, was say, I don't go. think you guys constantly. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, since we've been sitting here, we're on Main Street. We haven't yeah. seen maybe two cars drive by. Yeah. Well, Brittany drives three hours a day, Round three trip. times a week, four mm-hmm. times a week. Three times. To take the kids mm-hmm. to gymnastics, so that, we get we get plenty of road time in out here. Yeah. Yeah, that's. And then, like my busy season with chasing planters, oh we'll get five hundred miles a day on pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Just make a big loop. Pretty big radius. Go yeah. to New Mexico and Texas and. Oklahoma, Kansas. Yeah. All over. What I do love about you guys is you are in a small community, but you've seen opportunities here. And I just think about with all these different businesses, what you've added to your community. I mean, that's incredible. If you guys weren't here, what a hole that would leave, you know? So you're filling all of these roles for your community. And that's a really big deal. What does it mean for you to do that for your community? Or is it something you even think about? I guess we don't. I mean, I don't even really think about it. Honestly, we, our biggest goal in life is just to raise our four kids and, you know, live, live with above poverty level. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's really not anything that I personally think about. You just do it. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you have for somebody who's wanting to step out as an entrepreneur in their small town? I mean, you guys have tried a lot of different things. 
and you've seen a lot of different opportunities in your community that you've stepped into. So what would you say to someone else thinking about doing that? I mean, it's, I don't know if we're great examples because we've always tried to play things kind of on the safe side. You know, we started our, our business while we we're also working full-time jobs elsewhere. So then once it gets up and going, then you're not taking quite as big of a gamble, you know, to, to jump in full time. Yeah. So we've always, before we've done something new, we've always kind of had it up and had it up and running before we just jumped into it. Yeah. And then it's made, you know, being debt free, I think has made us, it grows slower, but it's safer. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to worry about the ups and downs quite as much. Sure. Because you're, I mean, having that monthly. That part, yeah, it takes off some of the stress for sure. It. Um... But also that like the growing, growing process is just that much slower too. Right. You, got... you have to do it as you have time and as you have money. And so it, it's kind of frustrating. You want to. You want to get things done. Right. But mm -hmm. your funding isn't there right now. So. Yeah. I would add that you want to be involved you know um, a lot of people in small communities want to see a change but they don't want to they want somebody else to do something about mm -hmm. it I think and um, Matt's been great about being involved um, when we lived within city limits he was on the city council and um, he's on the school board now and um, we have the Plainsman Ag Research here that um a division of CSU, Colorado State University, Extension, um, and just, I mean, it takes, takes everybody working together, and there's definitely, um, the people that are involved seem to be involved in everything, just because they have, I guess, that um, knowledge where it, it comes easier to be, I don't know share your wisdom but um I don't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we've um like the alumni association I've been on that my parents were on there um you want to hold on to that special part of a small town and it can so easily just dry up and blow away you see it all the time mm -hmm. so yeah our small businesses and and the people in our towns play really important roles yes. in in the future of sure. our communities so yeah what excites you most about the future of rural america well the role of rural america is pretty important in my opinion i mean a lot of these people go you know they get up and they go behind their desk job every day and they don't realize where the food comes from you know, it all comes from these small communities out here waking up every day trying to raise raise a crop that they don't know if it's going to even be worth money or not. I mm -hmm. mean, it's it takes some dedication and hard work by all these farmers. You know, it's it's a huge role in America, and they have to be efficient because the population of America is getting bigger every year. So you, you have to keep keep raising more and more crops every year to to feed the world so i i think it's probably the most important 
job out there, honestly. For sure. Yeah. What's next for you guys? Any new projects that you're going to take on? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Oh, he wants to talk about the bus. Um, but, uh, well, there's a couple things. I'll let you, Sam. 1964 MCI bus. Is that right? <laughs> 64, 62? 64, I think. So we're um, in the process of making that into our RV Oh. To drive across the countryside with our our tribe. Yeah. Are <laughs> yeah. you gonna live out of it or just no. for fun? Yeah, okay. just for fun. Yeah. Okay. So, it's not big enough to live out of it. Yeah. <laughs> our four our four kiddos and our, our basset hounds. <laughs> awesome. So um that's been a fun project, a fun family project. Um it had carpet all over in that thing and you've had to scrape and scrape and scrape and all the kids all of them were working and spray to get all the adhesive off that one day it's we're going with a mid-century modern vibe and yeah it'll be fun okay um i can't wait to see we have another thing in the works we just um started a new llc with some family called rural roots and so just whether whether you're um, planning roots or you've already got your roots established, um, just, you know, you, you need a good base. And we, we would love people to come back here and raise their families. It's the best place to, to raise a family, this area. Um, but you've got to have something to bring them back. Yeah. You know, so... We've kind of got something in the works there. It's not a for sure deal, but it'll be a pretty fun project if it works out. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, our plan is to bring things, like fix up things that could bring people or, you know, keep them here. Absolutely. Bring more people here. Yes. Yeah. So we have so many great assets that. You want to create opportunities for. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe. A couple of years down the road, we might have to come yes. back and follow yeah. up yeah, and learn so. more about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So in Stonington, like I said, where we live, the, we've been working since not long after we moved back. We've been at our house for 10 years now. Um, there's this old church that was just dilapidating. The coolest looking Gothic style church oh, that I grew up next wow. to. I didn't go to church there. It was just out there. Uh-huh. So um, anyway, our communities kind of come together and started restoring it. So That's but, great. So what's it going to be? So we just call it the Stonington Community Center. Um, and we do fall festivals. We do a Christmas Eve service. Um, there was an old Grange building in between. I think it was the high school. And then there's an old schoolhouse out there too. And we were cleaning it out, found a bunch of pooled maps and school memorabilia, trophies, um, instruments. And there was this huge three-piece mural of um, the nativity scene. And so that kind of just gave us the idea to um, do the Christmas Eve service and it started out just candlelight we didn't have electricity in there it hadn't been updated um, and it was standing room only like it so you have 
everybody in the area from southwest Kansas, southeast Colorado, Oklahoma Panhandle. Um, it's a pretty cool thing. And I would love to see that, um, you know, have weddings there and stuff. We haven't had a wedding there since we've worked on restoring it, but um, we have a grant writer that has done some stuff and then a lot of people from the community have donated and it's come a long ways. Yeah. It's pretty neat. That pretty sounds special. amazing. Yeah. So it was built in 1917. So we had a hundredth year birthday celebration for the church a few years ago and it's been fun. Great. Well, how do we follow along with you guys and stay up to date with what you have going on? <laughs> So I said I'm not techie. I'm like, I have the old people, social media, Facebook. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> but um, you can find us on Facebook at Tedderag. Um, and Tedderag Technologies, Inc. I think you can find it on there. Um, we have a website. It's tedder-ag.tech. Um, you can also follow the Stonington Community Center you want to do that it's on Facebook um, there's one in Connecticut also this one's in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes okay so everybody can follow along okay guys thanks for being on the podcast thank you so much for having us yeah well, what an amazing couple. I love how Matt and Brittany bring so much to their community, and yet they are so humble about it. They don't see it as something they have to do. It's simply ingrained in their life, and there's something really special about that. Be sure to check out the show notes to follow along with everything that Matt and Brittany have going on. There's going to be some developments coming your way about the Stonington Community Center, which are super exciting. So stay tuned for that and also for more about Rural Roots and what that's going to become. Huge thanks to Matt and Brittany for being on the podcast today. And thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.